everybody, and welcome to the John Reiner Podcast. Yes, this is episode one, and I'm calling it Hello, and Where Are You? Yeah, hello, and where are you? But before we get to that, I want to say thank you. There are so many people I want to thank because without them, this project may not have ever happened. A huge shout out to my wife, Emily, my little girl's five-year-old, Ebby, three-year-old, Ruthie. Um, If you are a creative, if you have ever stepped out on something, if you've ever taken a chance or gone down on a project or chased a dream, you know that it doesn't just impact you, right? It impacts friends, it impacts family, uh, because it's time, it's attention, it's resources, and whatever it might be, and Emily has been nothing but supportive throughout this whole process. In fact, even right now, she's taking our girls out um, for breakfast, out for the day, running around town, so that I can have the house to myself without, you know, little beautiful princesses running around and making noise and screaming and whatnot. So uh, thank you, Emily, for your support. A big shout out to uh, my man, my friend, Ben Fruit. Uh, Ben is an incredibly gifted artist and creative. Uh, He has helped so much with a lot of not only the John Reiner podcast, but I'll mention this again at the end of this episode. Uh, If you're looking for a landing spot for more of the projects that I'm working on this year, more things that are rolling out, uh, you can go to thejohnreiner.com. Um, but Ben has worked so hard on the creative aspect, the artistic aspect, whether it's logos and marketing, branding, the website, taking pictures, editing. Um, I am so appreciative to Ben. He is so gifted. So thank you, Mr. Ben Fruit. Mr. Lance Johnson uh, helped with a lot of the sound engineering for this project. I am not that guy. And I'm trying to get healthier in my ability to recognize the things that I am not good at. Um, I like words. I like stories. I like writing and speaking. That is me. Uh, I am not the guy that is good at EQing and setting up uh, compressors and sound engineering tracks and channels and all of that. That was Lance Johnson. He was here helping me get all that set up. In fact, even before I press record, I uh, I FaceTime him just to ask some last minute questions before we got this first episode going. So thank you, Lance Johnson, for your time and attention on this project. Uh, Aaron Lutnager, the Aaron Lutnager, incredibly gifted guy when it comes to recording and sound engineering and and uh, and mixing and all of that. I asked him, man, what, a year ago, maybe even two years ago, uh, when this idea first came into my head about where do I start with sound equipment and recording equipment and mics and and uh, and all that. And he, he immediately sent me a great bundle. This is a great place to start. Try this out. So thank you. Aaron Lutnager. Uh, There are many more, but I also just want to say a big banner thank you to all of you. Yes, to all of you. If you are listening to this podcast, it's probably because you know me, or you've been connected to me, or you've been following along with some of these teaser posts on Instagram and Facebook about this project coming to be. And from the very first time I posted something about the idea of the the John Reiner podcast, man, I have gotten an overwhelming amount of support and encouragement. People I didn't even know would be excited 
about this project, have uh, liked it, shared it, tagged other people in it, said things like, hey, here's the project I was telling about. Here's the podcast we have to listen to. I'm so excited about this. We've been waiting for something like this. Oh, this is what the world needs. It has been so encouraging, maybe setting the bar a little high, but nonetheless, it has been encouraging. So thank you to all of you for your encouragement and support in this project. We are going to see how it goes. But as I was thinking about this first episode, and I was thinking about those words of support and encouragement, um, yeah, I think the reason why they mean so much, and maybe some of you can relate to this, and you'll learn more about me as we go along on this on this journey together, but I think a reason that those words of encouragement, those words of support mean so much, right, is because and this will make more sense in this episode, it pulls someone out of hiding. Yeah, it pulls someone out of hiding. A little bit about me and my personality, if you don't know. Uh, I, I tend to be more on that perfectionist side of personality scales. So if you, uh, if you look at personality type exams and tests and, and, and structures, like Myers-Briggs, I'm an INTJ. I spend a lot of time in my head going things over, spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning in my head. Um, I think things through. I try to judge things properly, right? And so that means a lot of time is spent in my head and not as much time actually bringing something um, to be. If you're into the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram one, which means I'm that perfectionist, that reformer. There is this inner critic in my head that is always saying something like, you know, something could be better than the way you're currently doing it. Something could always be better than the way that you're currently doing it. And in fact, maybe someone else could do the thing that you're doing better than you are currently doing it. And enough of that, right? Enough of that inner critic voice just leads you to think, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, why am I even going to do this? Someone else could do this better than me. Um, there's already so many podcasts. There's already so many voices. There's already so many uh, people doing the thing that I uh, am thinking about doing. So why add another another voice to that pool? Why add another podcast to that list? Why why do that? Yeah. And so these voices of encouragement, these voices of support, your voices of encouragement, the fact that you're listening to this is this act of pulling someone like me out of hiding. And that, my friends, makes me think of a story from the ancient Near Eastern book called Genesis. Now, maybe the very fact that I say Genesis turns you off to this podcast, but please stay with me. I love stories, stories of all kinds from all sources. I love stories. In fact, my whole hope with the John Reiner podcast is to bring life and inspiration through stories and conversations. That, that is the, the vision and the mission of this podcast, to bring life and inspiration through stories and conversations. And we can get inspiration in life from all different sources. And so there's this ancient Near Eastern book called Genesis. Yeah. And let me set the scene, and then we'll go back and give it some context. So imagine, if you will, 
um, these very two first human beings, according to the Genesis story. There is Adam, the Adam, the human, the dirt, the one who was formed from dust, right? And then there's Eve, the mother, the life, the wellspring, the female. She is the mother of all beings. You have the Adam, you have the Eve, these first two humans created in the image of God. And there's this scene that we find ourselves in, in the book of Genesis, where they are covered in leaves. Yeah, they've made clothing out of leaves. They're hiding in the trees. And it says that this God, this divine, the source of all things, the life of all life, the energy of all energy, the source of all beings, the one who spoke and sang everything into existence at the beginning of this Genesis narrative, is walking, moving through the earth, through this garden, through this forest where they are. And he says the oddest question. He says, where are you? Where are you? Now, this should bring up certain questions. Uh, like, for instance, if you are the divine, the source, the God, the thing before all other things, the energy, the life, the one who spoke and sang everything into existence, right? If you have that ability to do all of those things, then why are you stumped by the hiding spot of the only two human beings on planet Earth? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like there are 7 billion people hiding, you know, and he's trying to find, the divine is trying to find all of them. Um, it's, there's two. There's only two. And we're only really told about this one living space. There's only one living environment, according to this Genesis narrative. And yet, if you just read it at surface value, it would seem as though he's saying, I don't know where you are. Where are are you? Hello? And where are you? Let's backtrack a little bit. So you have this first human pair, this Adam, the Adam, the dirt, the dust, the man, the human being. You have Eve, the mother, the life, the wellspring, the source of all human sources, hence forward, right? The Adam, the Eve. And they are, the Genesis story says, created in the image of God. There is something divine about their humanity. There is something beautiful about their existence. There is life in them. There is energy in them. There is thought in them. There is emotion in them. There is decision in them. There are so many facets about them that reflect, according to the story, the image of the divine. There is something beautiful about being human is what the beginning of this Genesis story tells us. And then God gives them, this divine gives them an instruction, an order. Um, you can do so many things. You can eat of all of these different trees. And then he says, but there's one you shouldn't eat from. And, and I'm not going to get all into this. This is an, a different episode for a different day. But he basically tells them, um, there's just one rule. Don't, uh, don't eat from this tree. It's called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, you could just get rid of the tree analogy if it bothers you and say, um, you know, be careful about being your own judge of good and evil. Yeah, be careful about that. He gives them one direction, one order, one rule, one restriction, one regulation, one boundary. 
Okay, so you go a little bit forward, and um, as it turns out, they end up eating it. Yeah, so uh, you go a little bit forward, and they end up eating this fruit, this thing. Um, And so in the process of them eating it, there are three things that unfold that stuck out to me, three things that happen, their reactions, the outcomes that stick out to me as far as this hello and where are you. So if you go into the text, it says um, that the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. (laughs) Now, I'm pretty sure um, that uh, it's been a long time uh, since someone had to tell you you were naked, right? Now, if you're a parent of young kids, um, nudity is never really an issue, right? Nudity is complete freedom. Nudity is just complete, just un, uninhibited freedom for a youngster. I can't tell you how many times um, I have had my children just run around naked because they think it is the most fantastic thing. But then you talk to adults and the audience is split, right? Um, you talk to adults about the question of, hey, if you're ever alone by yourself, right? Do you ever just walk around naked? Now, I can answer that question um, very strongly as no. I am still very much the private, restricted. um, If I am at home by myself, no daughters, no wife, no anyone, I am still closing and locking the door for the bathroom. I am still closing and locking the door for the shower. I am putting on a towel when I walk between rooms. I am not the person who is going around naked. I know other people are. That is not the point of this episode, and I apologize. The point is, is that they actually had this moment where their eyes were open and they realized that they were naked. Now, in our day-to-day... what happens if if you walk between a room and there's a window open? If you if someone accidentally comes in the room and and you are naked, what do you do? What do we immediately do? Um, I think the vast majority of people cover themselves. We cover we cover up. Why? Why? Because we feel exposed, right? Yeah. There's just a little too much of you out there. <laughs> You hearing me? There's just a little too much of you being exposed. There's just a little too much of you, right, being seen by other people. There's just a little too much of you. And so you cover yourself. Now call that what you will. Being exposed, being embarrassed. I think a lot of people would even put that word shame on there. You know, if you study these texts, you study these ancient stories, a lot of people will put that word shame or ashamed on that first human response after eating this fruit. They were ashamed. They were exposed. There was too much of them being seen. Yeah. Now, granted, there was a rule put in place, according to the story. There was a restriction. There was a regulation. There was a, there was a boundary put in place, and they broke it, right? And so in breaking it, they are guilty. There's guilt, right? But how, do you, how many of you know there is a huge difference between guilt and shame? Yeah, there's a huge difference between guilt and shame. There's the idea that they they went against the rule, the restriction, the law, the boundary, the line. They crossed it, right? They did something wrong. They 
went against the rule and the regulation, so they were guilty of that. Guilt simply says, you did something wrong. Your action was wrong. You broke the rule, the law, the regulation. You went against the restriction. You did something wrong, and you were guilty of it, right? Guilt is simply the reaction to a wrong action, right? You did something wrong, and you are guilty of breaking the rule. Now, I don't claim to be an expert in the world's of shame and guilt, right? I leave that to much smarter individuals like, oh, the great Dr. Brene Brown down in Texas, who is this research professor on shame, has written incredible books about shame. I leave that to her and others like her. But I think I do grasp one very important difference between guilt and shame. Hear me out here, people and friends. Guilt says you did something wrong. Shame says you are something wrong. Yeah, do you see the difference? Guilt says you um, you let someone down, you broke a rule, you broke a regulation, you broke trust, you did something, you were guilty of it. Your action was guilty, but shame says you are wrong. It's not just that you did something wrong, you are wrong. Yeah, it's not just that you broke a law, you are broken. Yeah, do you see the difference? It's not just about your actions, it's about you. You are internally flawed. They saw that they were naked and they covered themselves. It's as if there's this shame component. Shame says, I don't like me. Shame says there's something wrong with me. Shame says, I can't be seen by you. And so I have to hide and I have to cover and I have to not be so exposed. So going back to the story, it says, so they realized they were naked and so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. <laughs> yeah, they did something. Were they guilty? Sure. According to the story, according to the, re the restrictions, or regulations, they were guilty. Yes, absolutely. They were guilty, but they were also, it seems, ashamed. I'm exposed. There's too much of me out here. There's too much of me being seen. And not only is there too much of me being seen, but I don't like me. I don't like me, so I don't want you to see so much of me. I don't like me. I'm not comfortable with me. I feel broken. I feel like I'm the problem. I am what is wrong in the situation. It is me. I am internally flawed. There is something wrong with me. I'm ashamed of me. I don't like me, so I don't want you to see me. And so what do they do? They cover themselves with leaves. Now, why leaves? Well, I'm sure there's some practical explanations. They're in a garden, in a forest, according to the story. So what other materials do they really have to work with? Maybe this is a picture into our anthropological pasts as human beings, right? Our more former ancestors that were a little bit more, um, you know, attached to the earth, attached to the ground, and what they had to work with as far as coverings and clothings go. There wasn't exactly a, a mall or a store or, a, or an online boutique that they could order something from, right? And so they're working with what they have. But stay with me here. I love these ancient Near Eastern stories because it seems like every time you read them, you can get something different out of it. So what happened? They did something that they felt that they were guilty of, but that guilt wasn't just guilt. It was shame. Shame said there's something wrong with you. Shame says that you're too exposed. Shame says that, that, that you are the problem. You are 
what's wrong. It's not just what you did. It's who you are. There's something wrong with you. And so you need to cover yourself because I am too exposed. And so they take leaves and they cover themselves. They find leaves and make their own clothing out of it. They cover themselves with leaves. Now, I happen to be born and raised in this Midwest state of Wisconsin. I love it. We we are known for kind of the outdoors up here. And so uh, from a young age, I, was, uh, I, I started hunting from a young age. I know some people may not be big fans of hunting, but hear me out here. Um, I started hunting as a, as a, at a young age and I fell in love with it. I, I still enjoy it to this day. I love hunting. Um, there's archery hunting, there's gun hunting, right? And so, um, so I, uh, I, uh, I realized something pretty quick in terms of hunting. And that is that it is very important in hunting, um, how you cover yourself. All right. Follow me here. Um, Covering has to do with where do you sit? Some some hunters use tree stands, so you're up in the trees, right? You're hidden up in the trees. You're a little bit higher. You have the elevation advantage. Um, some people cover in these blinds. They can be really simple blinds that look like tents. Some of them look like full-out apartments and mini shanties that people build, right? There's the covering of where you're sitting, right? There's the covering of uh, of your scent, right? That's a big one. So you use uh, cover spray, you wash your clothes in special detergent so it covers the scent, you bury your hunting gear in dirt. I mean, some people go to great lengths to cover their scent, right? But there's also the clothing, <laughs> the garments that you wear, if you will, Right? And those garments, that clothing is meant to what? Cover you and blend you in with your surroundings. So if you're hunting in the snow, you might have white camouflage. That's a word, right, for our hunting clothes. You might have white camouflage. If you're in the trees, you'll have tree camouflage. If you're hunting in a, more of a reeds or swamp area, you'll have a reed or swamp camouflage. You try to wear something that blends you in with your surroundings. Are you following where I'm going with this, friends? Chain of events. Something happened. In their case, they did something wrong, right? There was there was a rule that was broken, a regulation that was restricted, uh, that was crossed, a line that was crossed, a trust that was broken. They did something that they were guilty of, but their internal reaction was not just guilt, it was shame. I don't like me. There's something wrong with me. I did something wrong. So their shame causes them to see themselves as the problem. I am too exposed, so I have to cover myself. And what do I do when I feel too exposed and I don't want people to see me? I cover Cover myself with the thing that will let me blend in with my surroundings. Friends, they are in a forest. They're in a woods. They're in a garden. They're surrounded by trees. And so they cover themselves with the very thing that they're surrounded by so that they can blend in with their surroundings when they are ashamed. Oh... I'm trying to hold back because I want to get through the story and then apply it to our lives, but I'm sure some of you are already feeling it. You're ashamed, and so you do whatever you have to do to blend in with your surroundings because the problem isn't what you do. The problem is you, and you can't fix that, so look like something else. (laughs) This hurts. This hurts even me. Blend in. So here they are, blending into their surroundings, right? They are trying to look like trees. 
They're trying to look like trees, which they can't look like a tree because they're not a tree. But they think that they are the problem. I'm too exposed. The problem is me. I'm ashamed of me. And so I'm going to blend in with the things that I'm surrounded by. I'm going to blend in with the trees. Yeah. And then enters the divine. Then enters this God, this life, this energy, the source of all things, the one who spoke and sang everything into creation is now coming into the garden and walking in the cool of the day. And he says, where are you? Now, growing up hearing this story over and over again, the emphasis was always on the R. Where are you? The R, right, points to location, right? Proximity. Where are you? What is your location? Where are you hiding? What is the spot? Where's the geographical location? Which brings up all of these theological questions that I have no interest in really getting into about does God just really not know? Does God know? Does God not know? I'm not sure that that was the point. As I read this over and over again, I now see it from a perspective of shame. And that's what I love about these new, these Near Eastern stories that you can get something new every time you hear them. And so a lot of times we read that and we say, well, now there's some great distance between God and mankind. Now God couldn't see human beings anymore because they, had, they were guilty of, of breaking his rules and restrictions. I'm not, I don't know, folks. I don't know. As I think more about this, as I let this story hit my heart, as I put myself in the place of an individual who feels too exposed, too seen, person who feels a little bit too ashamed of who they are. They are the problem. It's not just what they do, it's them. The more I hear that voice of the inner critic in my own head, I see this story a little bit differently. It's like I see this divine walking in the garden and saying, where are you? Emphasis, you. <laughs> Like the divine is saying, God is saying, I see two really terrible trees. <laughs> I see the trees that I made and they are beautiful. Yeah, they're serving their function. They're exactly as they should be standing tall and unashamed and providing shelter and air and fruit. I see the trees that are trees that I made. And then I see two terrible looking trees. <laughs> two trees that are not serving the purpose of a tree. Two trees that are not um, crafted and designed to be trees. I see two things that look like terrible trees and I don't see two human beings created with value in the image of God specifically designed to exhibit the characteristics of the divine in this world. I don't see them and I see two terrible trees. So, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> they were 
guilty, but that guilt led to shame. That shame gave them that feeling that they were too exposed, too seen, too out there. They went too far. People see too much of them. They are beyond vulnerability. They are beyond transparency. Now they are just exposed. They feel like they didn't just do something that was a problem. They are the problem. And now they are covering themselves with their surroundings simply to blend in because they don't want to be themselves because being themselves isn't working. Being themselves is the problem. They are ashamed of being themselves. So just blend in with your surroundings, but it's not working because you're not actually that good at being the thing you're trying to pretend to be. And you're holding yourself back from being the thing that you were created to be. And so you're just two really bad trees. And the divine says, hello, and where are you? Where are you? Well, they respond. And they said, well, um, you know, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and so I hid. I heard that you were in the garden, and I didn't like me. I was ashamed. I was naked. I was ashamed. And so I hid. And so I covered myself to blend in with the surroundings so that you wouldn't find me because I don't want you to find me because I don't like me. (laughs) I'm ashamed of me. I don't want you to see me. I don't want you to know me. I don't want you to see me or notice me. I didn't want you to find me because I didn't like me. And I was afraid that if you found me as I was, the way that I saw myself, you wouldn't like it. And so I tried to blend in with my surroundings. I covered myself myself with leaves and I hid amongst the trees to blend in with them. Because maybe I could be better at being them than being myself. I was ashamed. I was naked. That made me afraid. I was afraid of what you would think. I was afraid if you saw me for who I really was. I was afraid, not just because of what I did, but because of who I was. I was afraid of you finding me. I was afraid of being seen. I was afraid of being me. And so I hid. If that's not, if that is not the confession from the very first human according to this story and if that isn't repeated in our lives today oh man (laughs) but how does this divine respond does he go first to their guilt or does he first address their shame he simply says who told you that you were naked Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Now, those two questions are only separated by sentences. First sentence, second sentence, first question, second question. But the first thing that he says is not, God darn it, you ate from the tree, didn't you? Ah, you're guilty, aren't you? You messed up. You did the thing, the one thing I told you not to do. You did it, didn't you? Ah, what is the matter with you? Why did you do this? He doesn't first go to, you messed up, didn't you? What's the first question he asked? Who told you you were naked? 
Who told you that you were exposed? Who told you that there was too much of you to be seen? Who told you that you were the problem? Who told you to think less of yourself? Who told you to go into hiding? Who told you to cover yourself? Are you hearing me, friends? Who told you to be ashamed? Who told you to not be yourself and not put yourself out there? Who told you to hide amongst the trees? Who told you to go into hiding? And then, yeah, he addresses what they did. I mean, there's guilt. I mean, come on. We don't have to be hyper-religious people or, or, or prescribe to any particular creed or dogma to look around the world, to look around our own lives, to look around our own conversations and relationships and be able to admit that, man, we don't get it right all the time. We don't need a crucifix hanging over our head to make us realize that there's enough guilt to go around for the world today. We don't need uh, to be entrenched in a particular dogma to understand that we are not getting it right all the time. We just got to spend one day in our lives and realize we don't always react right. We don't always say the right thing. We don't always expose all the truth. We hold a lot of things to ourselves. Our thoughts are not the most welcoming to other human beings. Our reactions to people that aren't good to us or nice to us or kind to us are not always great. We don't have to be religious, folks, to know that we don't always get it right. There are some things that we are guilty of. And we also know that with guilt often comes some sort of consequence. But put that aside, that doesn't have to come with shame. Are you hearing me? It doesn't have to come with that feeling that you are less than. It doesn't have to come with that feeling that you need to cover and hide and blend in with your surroundings. That doesn't have to come with the idea that you are less than. Folks, hear me here. Just because there's guilt and consequences doesn't mean that there's shame and that you need to go into hiding. So yeah, he addresses it. But not before he asks them. Where are you? And who told you you were naked? Who told you to be ashamed? Are you hearing me? So, what do we do with this? Well, for me, I, I, I said that this project almost didn't happen. Yeah, and I tend to be one of those perfectionists, one of those individuals who um, will often put things off because I'm thinking to myself, there must be someone else better suited to do this. And so it made me start to think about life today and us. Now, honestly, none of us are living out in some forest, probably if you're listening to this, naked, running around. Maybe you know people are, but they're not the ones listening to this podcast. No, instead, we, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a reaction to a guilt thing, right? When we do something wrong, we blow it. We don't react right. We do the wrong thing, and so that guilt turns into shame. But I want to emphasize even on something else. Yeah, I want to speak to anyone here, anyone who's listening, anyone who just needs to hear this. The people who are willing to maybe take that step of vulnerability, that step of being transparent, that step of trying something, right? I'm not talking about guilt. I'm talking about trying to step out. Yeah. The creatives, the artists, 
the illuminaries, right? The ones who tried a project, who tried to write, who tried to paint, who tried to draw, who tried to sculpt, right? The ones who tried to write the song or the musician who tried to play, the ones who tried to do something and you put yourself out there and you were transparent and you were vulnerable and you presented a piece of who you are to friends or family or the public to the world around you and it was shot down. (laughs) Yeah, it was critiqued. It was cut apart and shot down. I'm talking about the individual who put themselves out there and asked the guy out. I'm talking about the guy who put themselves out there and asked the girl. I'm talking about the one who went out there and went after the one that they were attracted to. I'm talking about the one who put themselves out there, who were vulnerable, who were transparent, and were shot down. I'm talking about the individual, right, who went with uh, the proposal to their boss, to the business owner, right? You had an idea and you put your heart and soul into it. You invested your time into it, your energy, and you proposed it and it was shot down. I'm talking about the individual who went to their spouse to talk and they were rejected and denied. I'm talking about the individual who took the step of vulnerability, took the step of transparency, put themselves out there and it wasn't received well. It was shot down. And immediately there's that feeling of it wasn't what I said. It wasn't my proposal. It wasn't my project. It was me. I am no good. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? What happens when shame hits us so hard in our hearts? What happens when that perfectionist is terrified by a potential failure? What happens when the person who puts their heart and soul in transparency and vulnerability puts themselves out there and it isn't received? It's shot down. What do we do? How often is it I did something wrong, and how often is it I am something wrong? It's me. And then what do we do? (laughs) The same thing as those anthropological mother and father did. Same thing as those characters in the ancient Near Eastern story of Genesis did. The problem isn't what I do. The problem is me. And so I don't, I don't just feel vulnerable. I don't just feel transparent. I feel exposed. It's something different. It's a whole nother level. It is that feeling of there's just too much of me being seen. And I wish I could rewind this moment. I wish I never would have said that. I wish I never would have put that project out. I wish I never would have stepped out. I wish I never would have tried. I wish I never would have put my heart and soul out there because I feel exposed. I feel like there's too much of me being seen and I wish I could just what? Hide. I wish I could just hide. And so how do we hide? How do we hide, folks? We often just try to blend in. Yeah. We blend in with the masses. We blend in with the the people who are doing it well. We blend in with the popular voice. We blend in and we try not to stick out. I don't like me. I'm afraid of being me. I'm afraid of being seen. I'm afraid of being exposed. And so I just want to blend in. Oh, we do it in so many different ways. We blend in with opinions, even though we have our own. We just cave in to think what someone else thinks. We blend in with our with our voice and our talk. We blend in with our likes and our interests and our hobbies, even though we have no interest in them. We blend in with other people's opinions. We blend in to hide our insecurity so often by simply saying, oh, I know. 
Oh, I know. Someone tries to say something. Oh, I know. We blend in all the time thinking, I just have to make myself look better because I don't feel good about myself. And so we just, we try to overcompensate for ourselves and, and pretend we have it all together and pretend that we're doing everything well. But internally, we don't like us and we're terrified to be seen. And so we blend in with our surroundings. <laughs> we cover ourselves with our modern day leaves of whatever will hide us the best. <laughs> oh, that hurts. But it's true, isn't it? It hurts, but it's true. We just try to blend in. But then what happens? What happens when the voices around us, maybe it's, maybe it's the divine, right? Maybe it's the voices of friends and family that actually love and trust us. Maybe it's the voices of the people who try to support and encourage us when they say, but where are you? <laughs> because I see a terrible version of something else and I don't see you. I don't see you. I don't see that spark in you anymore. I don't see that, that what I know to be true of you. I don't see it anymore. I see the version of you that you're trying to be, but you're actually kind of terrible at it because <laughs> you're not that. You were never designed and crafted and, and, and creatively put together to be that. So you're actually just really bad at being the masses. You're really bad at blending in with the popular opinion. You're really bad at those hobbies and interests because I know it's not you. That's not you. Where are you? Not where are you. Where are you? What happened to you? What silenced you? Where are you hiding? And how long have you been hiding? Where are you? Come out of hiding. Come out of your place of blending in and your place of looking the part and your place of trying to be what you're not. The divine <laughs> sees two terrible trees, but doesn't see the one that he spoke and sang into existence. He doesn't see that energy, that spirit, that life where are you? Oh, man. So what do we do? This project almost didn't happen because I had that perfectionistic inner critic, that voice that said, man, if you put yourself out there with transparency, you put yourself out there with vulnerability, it's probably going to fail. Other people are doing it. Other people can probably do it better than you, right? What do you really have to say? What do you have to offer? You want to bring life and inspiration. Do you really think you're going to be able to do that? There are the voices of perfection. You don't know how to do sound. You don't know how to mix sound. You don't know how to engineer sound. You don't know how to do all the technical side of things. What are you going to do? There are all of those voices. And if you can relate, then you are feeling me on this, aren't you? You don't have to even be my personality type. Maybe it's the entrepreneur, driven, previously driven, tried to start the business, put themselves out there. It didn't work. What do you do? Yeah, the artist, the creative, the one who loves to draw and sketch and paint, the one who lives on canvases, one too many negative criticisms. And what do you do? 
the musician, the one who loves music and playing. It's in your heart. It's in your soul. It's in your very DNA. That's who you are. But other people don't get it or appreciate it. What do you do? Do you hear me? Yeah. Maybe you've been on the the negative hurting side of one too many relationships and I don't want to be seen anymore. Maybe it goes all the way back to childhood of feeling like you just didn't measure up as a kid or maybe you just never felt loved or belonged as a child in your own family. I don't want to put myself out there. I put these walls up for a reason so that I can't be seen. Instead, I'll create a better version of me. I'll hide amongst the trees. I'll put on the leaves of self-sufficiency. I'll put on the leaves that I have it all together. I'll put on the leaves of the performance. I'll put on the, the leaves of the image and the brown. I'll put the leaves on there that says I have it all together even though internally I'm hurting because I don't like me. What do we do, folks? Uh, so if this is you, if you can relate to me, if you can relate to the idea of being in hiding, if you can relate to the idea of just trying to look the part for so long, then may this podcast be for you. May this podcast be a source of life and inspiration. And may you hear voices around you of friends and family and the divine and me. May you hear my voice saying to you wherever you might be as you're listening to this, where are you Where are you and how long have you been covering yourself with leaves? How long have you been a terrible version of something else because you were ashamed and afraid of being you? How long have you been in hiding? Where are you, my friends? Where are you? May you come out of hiding. And if this is you, then may you, (laughs) may you, May you get out a journal and write again. Yeah, may you get out your laptop and type again. May you get out a canvas and draw again and paint again. May you get out the clay and sculpt again. May you get out your piano or your keys, your guitar and play again, folks. May you get out your notepad and write songs again. May you once again put yourself out there. May you see yourself not as hiding behind leaves, but may you find the freedom to come out of the shame. May you know that you are beautiful and incredible and there's life in you and energy in you and creativity in you. May you come out of hiding. May you be you. Do you hear me, folks? Yeah, if this is you, then may this be a giant question and invitation from me to you. My friend, where are you? Find you again. Yes. Yes. Oh, we're not always going to get things right. There will be guilt and consequences to decisions, but may you know that shame never needs to be a part of you. You are you for a reason. There is beauty in that, and there is life in that, and there is energy in that. The problem is not you. May 
you be creative again. May you step out again. And it is scary. I don't know what, if anything, is going to happen with this podcast or website or other projects that I'm working on, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to step out because I want to come out of hiding and be me. Do you hear me? And that is my hope for you as well. Where are you? Oh, what a fun first episode. This has been a great first episode of the John Ryder Podcast. If this is for you, if you've listened to this, if this brings you life and inspiration, if this is a voice that you need to hear in your life, then would you do me a huge favor and subscribe to this podcast? Would you tag this podcast, share this podcast? Would you like this podcast? Would you get the word out about this podcast to everyone else that you know, whether you are in Wisconsin, the Midwest, or if you're in Texas or Florida or California or Oregon, Washington, wherever you might be listening, would you share this, like this, subscribe to this, and get the word out about this John Rinder podcast? Because this podcast is meant to be just that, a place of life and inspiration through stories and conversations. I have no interest in a podcast just debating people's thoughts and creeds and dogmas and everything else. I don't want that. I want to be a source of life, a source of drawing people out of hiding, a source of inspiring people to live fully alive. That is what I want in our day today. That is what I know I need. And if that's what you need as well, then help me get there by bringing this to as many people as possible. Also, go check out thejohnreiner.com. Take a look around, uh, get more information about me, what we're doing, projects that are coming up. But thank you all for joining me on this first episode. Hello, and where are you?